Thank you, Jesus. Yes, Lord, only you can steal. My soul, yes, this beautiful morning. Lord, my soul thirsts to know you better and better. My heart is delighted to come into your presence this beautiful morning to magnify my God and my Lord, to magnify the one who is Elohim, magnify the one who is El Shaddai. You are the sovereign God. You are the one who is sufficient for all things. We magnify and give you glory. We worship this morning the God of gods. We worship this morning the King of kings. We worship this morning the Lord of lords. We worship the Lord of heaven's armies, the Lord of hosts himself. Receive all the glory, Yahweh, in the mighty name of Jesus. Receive all the praise, Yahweh, the sovereign one, Yahweh, the sufficient one. Receive all our praises. Lord, as we spend this time in your presence to read our Bibles again, we ask, grant us wisdom in your word and let your name be glorified in our lives. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. All right, let me say a big welcome to everyone joining in to devotion this morning. I am Murphy Eyenike. We continue our study, reading, and commentary of the New Testament. We are in the book of Luke. Thank you to everyone joining in this morning. I hope you're not tired. Thank you to everyone joining us for the first time. God bless you. God bless your test for the word. God bless your test for his word and increase you on every side in the mighty name of Jesus. All right, let's read Luke chapter 13 this morning. Luke chapter 13, um, Jesus makes a call to repentance. Yes, makes a call to repentance. And then we see this parable of the barren fig tree. Um, Many people have misunderstood the intention of this parable. But really, Jesus was intending to talk about the nation of Israel. Whenever he was speaking about about the parable of of a fig tree, the fig tree that he saw on his way, that that he didn't find any fruit on it. And the Bible says he caused... He was talking about the nation of Israel. And here, when this gardener says this parable, this fig tree is not bearing any fruit, uh, it is also referring to the nation of Israel. And here, um, a solution was given. Who is the fertilizer? We will see. And then, of course, just as Jesus would do, heal on the Sabbath and then other parables, the parable of the mustard seed, the yeast, and then the kingdom of heaven being accessed through the narrow door. Let's learn together this morning. Luke chapter 13 says, About this time, Jesus was informed that Pilate had murdered some people from Galilee as they were offering sacrifices at the temple. 
do you think these Galileans were worse sinners than all the other people from Galilee? Jesus asked. Is that why they suffered? Just, just in case you are among those who like ascribing the reason, you, always, you are always trying to find a reason for why things happen. You blame people for why things happen. Maybe uh, this happened to them because they have committed a sin or anything like that. Jesus is asking the same kind of question. Is that why they suffered? Verse 3, not at all. And you will perish. <laughs> and you will perish too unless you repent of your sins and turn and turn to God. Okay, so first of all, Jesus says it has nothing to do with whether they were sinners or not. Okay, um, but what is really important here is that you don't know. No one knows sometimes. You don't know when some of these things might happen. And that is why you should take your relationship with God seriously. Seriously. So that if whatever it, whatever time it is for your homecoming, when it comes, uh, you, can, you can be sure you are ready to meet the Lord. He says, unless you repent of your sins and turn to God, you will perish. Verse 4, and what about the 18 people who died when the tower in Siloam fell on them? Tragic accident. Were they the worst sinners in Jerusalem? No. And I tell you again that unless you repent, you will perish. Jesus is not saying that because they didn't repent, that was why calamity was happening to them. No, that's not what Jesus is saying. He is pointing to the fact that these things do happen. Repent so that you are ready to meet your God. Okay, so this is a call, a call to repentance this morning. A call to anyone listening this morning, you don't have a relationship with God. You are not taking your relationship, your work with God seriously. This is a call to you. It's a call to you. There are many things we don't have any control over. You did not have a control over the day you were going to be born. Yes, God decided that. And your expiry date, your death day too, God probably has set. Okay? However, where it will come, how it will come, no one knows. You don't know. And so because we don't set your house in order, the Bible says, this is a call to repentance. Um, it is a time to seek God. Hallelujah. Let's look at the parable of the barren fig tree. Then Jesus told this story. A man planted a fig tree in his garden and came again and again to see if there were any fruit on it. But he was always disappointed. That was how God was coming again and again to check out the nation of Israel. And he has been disappointed. Finally, he said to his gardener, I've waited three years and there hasn't been a fig tree. Of course, that's just figurative. God has waited years, hundreds of years. He says, yes, there hasn't been a single fig Cut it down. It's just taking up space in the garden. The gardener answered, Sir, give it one more chance. Jesus Christ is the one more chance for the nation of Israel. Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, and the life. And no one can come to the Father. No one can be productive, be fruitful, be able to uh, give out anything to the Father unless they come through him. The gardener answered, Sir, give it one more chance. And I pray this morning that you, you will take your one more chance. So take your one more chance with God. Accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior today. 
He says, I'll give it one more chance, leave it another year, and I will give it special attention and plenty of fertilizer. If we get fixed next year, fine. If not, then you can cut it down. Sadly, that's how it's going to be for everyone who rejects Jesus in this world. When they finally leave this world, the Bible tells us their destination. Amen. All right, let's look at Jesus healing on the Sabbath. One Sabbath day, as Jesus was teaching in the synagogue, he saw a woman who had been crippled by an evil spirit. This woman had been crippled by an evil spirit. Okay, so we didn't just notice it in the book of Matthew, but you notice it again in Luke. Luke was a physician, was a doctor. Okay, so Luke is telling us here that this woman, and we saw it with people that were deaf, people that were dumb, that their ailments were being caused by a demonic spirit. Here, this woman that was crippled, you saw her crippled, you might have thought maybe she, she, she was born like that, or maybe she, she had an infection that affected her, her, her cerebral or her spine, and as a result, she's now crippled. But no, she is crippled because a demon or an evil spirit is inside her. He says she had been bent down for 18 years, 18 years, and was unable to stand up straight. 18 years she has been carrying this demon. This evil spirit has been inside her for 18 years. When Jesus saw her, he called her over and said, Dear woman, you are healed of your sickness. Then he touched her and instantly she could, she could stand straight. How she praised God. Just imagine, 18 years of suffering, 18 years of bent, being bent over, okay, was healed just like that. Was healed just like that. But how do you think Jesus would have healed her? And the only way of healing her would be, first of all, to cast out this evil spirit has to go. Yes, as soon as that evil spirit left, then the gifts of healing would then heal us, strengthen our back. Hallelujah. It says, but the leaders in charge of the synagogue was indignant that Jesus had healed her on the Sabbath. Can you imagine? He was not happy that, wow, this woman that we know, probably she had been coming here. She comes here several sab Sabbaths. She has been here maybe many times that year already. She had been there. You know, trusting God, praying in the presence of God for her to be ill. Nobody realized that an evil spirit was the reason why she was bent like that. Hey, ha! And now she had been healed. And this man, all he cared about was whether she was healed. Is today Sunday or Monday or Saturday or Friday? Is it Paraskiwe? Is it the Sabbath day? That's all he cared about. But the leader in charge of the synagogue was indignant that Jesus had healed her on the Sabbath. There are six days of the week for walking, he said to the crowd. Come on those days to be healed, not on the Sabbath. But the Lord replied, you hypocrites. <laughs> Each of you walks on the Sabbath. Don't you untie your ox or your donkey from its stall on the Sabbath and lead it out for the water? Don't you prepare your food on the Sabbath? 
don't you bait for your children don't you didn't you bait yourself didn't you walk all the way some of you didn't you walk all the way here were you not walking not walking walking on the sabbath why didn't you just shut down and stay inside your home lock yourself up then we will know that you were really keeping the sabbath okay so jesus said ah don't you untie your ox or your donkey from his stall on the sabbath and lead it out for the what out for water this dear woman the daughter of abraham has been held in bondage by satan for 18 years isn't it right that she be released even on the sabbath what is the sabbath for jesus is telling them is it not a day to deliver people is it not a day god wants people to to be to people to be able to come to him what do you think about this woman release from this bondage that she has been in for 18 years what do you think do you think she would love god more do you think she would be she would not be praising and shouting and worshiping god is that not what god wants on the sabbath okay so why why is it that you are using this sabbath the law that god gave as a day for people to be able to focus on him why are you using that to then say it's a day nobody must do anything you can't even help 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 anyone you can't show anyone mercy on the sabbath that was not god's intention hallelujah jesus said this a daughter of abraham so big lessons a daughter of abraham that does not know their rights does not know who they are in christ can be bound by satan yes that's what we just witnessed in this particular parable this shamed his enemies verse 17 but all the people rejoiced at the wonderful things he did god would have been excited that this happened on the sabbath people would have been praising god that was what god wanted on the sabbath it's a day for us to focus on god however that happened all right let's read about the parable of the mustard seed then jesus said what is the kingdom of god like how can i illustrate it so he's illustrating the kingdom of god it is like a tiny mustard seed that a man planted in a garden it grows and becomes a tree and the birds make nests in in its branches so who do you think is the tiny mustard seed <laughs> of course jesus jesus is the tiny mustard seed Uh, that God planted and it has grown and become a tree a tree in which birds can take can make their nest we can find shelter we can find shelter in God we can we can we can make our nest in the branches in Christ hallelujah again it shares another parable the parable of the yeast verse 20 he also asks what else is the kingdom of God like it is like the yeast a woman used in making bread, even though she puts only a little yeast in three measures of flour, it permeates every part of the dough. And that is how the message of this kingdom, Jesus, will permeate the whole world, will reach the whole world. Hallelujah. Next, we look at the narrow door. Jesus went through the towns and villages, teaching as he went, always pressing on towards Jerusalem. Someone asked him, Lord, will only a few people, will only a few be saved? And I think it's a good question, right? 
He replied, work hard to enter the narrow door to God's kingdom for many will try to enter but will fail. Does that mean only a few will be saved? I don't think so. I think Jesus is saying here that each person should take personal responsibility. Don't bother yourself too much, okay? Yes, as ministers of God, and we are all ministers, we want to preach the gospel, we want to see people come to God. But you see, first of all, you have to take a personal responsibility for yourself. It says, work hard to enter the narrow door to God's kingdom. You work hard to enter the narrow door. For many, we try to enter, but we fail. When the master of the house has locked the door, it will be too late. I pray this morning, it will not be too late for you. In the mighty name of Jesus. He says, you will stand outside knocking and pleading, Lord, open the door for us. But he will reply, I don't know you or where you come from. Then you will say, but we ate and drank with you, and you taught in our streets. And he will reply, I tell you, that will be referring to the Jewish people, right? <laughs> if, he, if they ate with him, they, they, <laughs> they drank with him, he taught on their streets, he was talking about the Jewish people. He says, and I will reply, I will tell, and he will reply, I tell you, I don't know you, or where you come from, get away from me, or you would do evil. There will be weeping and gnashing of teeth, for, for you will see Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and all the prophets in the kingdom of God, but you will be thrown out. He's talking to Israel as a nation, and people will come from all over the world. You see that? They will come from all over the world, from east and west, north and south, to take their places in the kingdom of God. And note, note this, some who seem least important now will be the greatest then, and some who are the greatest now will be the least then. Hallelujah. The first will become last and the last will become first. All right. So continuing this discussion, Jesus then rounds it up with his grieving over Jerusalem. Because what Jesus just talked about only a few being saved, he was talking about the nation of Israel. I think when we get to heaven, I will be shocked though. I will be shocked if there are more people in hell than in heaven. I will be shocked. Okay? But we will find out. At that time, some Pharisees said to him, Get away from here. If you want to leave, Herod Antipas wants to kill you. Jesus replied, Go tell that fox that I will keep on casting out demons and healing people today and tomorrow. And the third day I will accomplish my purpose. His exit day was already set. Jesus knew that that day was coming. When I accomplish my purpose, I will be ready to leave. Yes, today, tomorrow, and the next day, I must proceed on my way. For it wouldn't do for a prophet of God to be killed except in Jerusalem. Ah! Oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the city that kills the prophets and stones God's messengers. Often I have wanted to gather your children together as a hen protects our cheeks beneath our wings, but you wouldn't let me. And now, look, your house is abandoned, and you will never see me again until you say, Blessings on the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessings on the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Psalm 118, verse 26. Baruch Kabah. Beshem Adonai, blessings on him who comes 
in the name of the Lord. It's quite tragic for the nation of Israel, but you must recognize when Jesus is speaking about the church, the entire the body of Christ, and when he is speaking about the nation of Israel, the nation of Israel will not begin to come to God until the days of tribulations begins. Okay? Until the days of tribulation begin. Now, whether the rapture will happen before the tribulation begins so that the church is not here, or whether it will be at the end of the tribulation, it's not, it's not important. But when the tribulation begins, Israel as a nation will realize that they missed the Messiah. Yes, because the prophetic words that have been written down for thousands and thousands and for more than 2,000 years since Jesus left here, they will literally see it being fulfilled. And when they see it, they will know that they missed the Messiah when he first came. And this prophecy will come to pass. Oh, Jerusalem, standing for the nation of Israel because that is his capital. Oh, Jerusalem, the city that killed those prophets. It, will be, it is time for them to come back to the Messiah and they will come. And they will come. Okay? So, I'm just answering that question whether only a few will be saved. So, let's take our lessons this morning. The road, the door to the kingdom, Jesus says, is narrow. I don't know whether it is narrow for the entire, for everybody or just for the nation of Israel, but it is narrow. And it is one that each person needs to personally pay attention to. This is where it is scriptures like this that, you know, negates that teaching where you hear people from some time say that once you are saved, you are forever saved. No. Jesus says, work hard. What does it mean to work hard? It doesn't mean work once and then that's all. No. It means to work hard to enter. <laughs> Strive to enter. It doesn't mean that we are working for our salvation. We can never pay for our salvation. Jesus is the one that paid the price for our salvation. But listen, the devil will continue to try to trip us so that the blood of Jesus would have been in vain. It will continue to try to trip us. So we must work hard to enter. That part we will need to work hard to enter. Hallelujah. I don't know about you this morning, but I have been blessed. Next, there is a call to repentance. This morning, I am calling someone. If you don't have Jesus in your life, it is time to accept him today as your Lord and Savior. Tomorrow might be too late. Oh, Yes, tomorrow might be too late. You never can tell. Jesus said those people that evil happened to, some of them... They were just in the, in the tower. It fell on them. Were they worse sinners than everybody else? No, but they didn't realize it was going to happen that day. It happened. You never can say what can happen. Why not reconcile with your maker today? So if you would like to give your life to Jesus or you would like to reconcile with God, I want you to begin to pray right now and say, Lord, I am coming back to you. Have mercy on me. I am coming back to you in the name of your son, Jesus. Have mercy on me. Will you pray this morning? Father, we say thank you. If you are giving your life to Jesus, say this prayer with me. Lord Jesus, I give you my life today. 
I choose you and I declare that you are my Lord and Savior. Thank you for saving me. Hallelujah. Father, we say thank you. We give you all the praise. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. All right. Thank you so much for listening today. God bless you. Enjoy your day.